Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with photographer, videographer, creator, Garrett King. You may know him on Instagram at shortstash or longstash, depending on which account you follow. I had a great time talking with Garrett. He's such a smart dude, and he he approaches his business and his branding and every aspect of his work with such professionalism and creativity and, and everything that goes into creating a beautiful brand. He's done that for himself. And we talk about storytelling and his aesthetic and, and crafting, you know, your own voice and, and vision and his travels and, and where he's going and where he's been. And I'm really excited about this one and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Garrett King. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I am a massive, massive fan of your work. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. So, Garrett King a.k.a. short stash, and I know it's from a mustache competition, right, with a buddy back in the day? <laughs> yeah, yep. So wait, who won that competition, though? That was unclear. So I won, um, <laughs> and so I came up with the name um, just because we were talking about mustaches, and I was helping kind of shoot these little creative short films. And um, back then, I was more of a designer, and so I wasn't really fully into film at the time. And so anyway, it was like short films, mustache, short stash. And so just stuck and bought that domain um, years ago. So it was a design portfolio for the longest time. And then now it's turned into kind of my photography and film uh, portfolio. So when you were when you were creating and, and doing uh, the shorts and all that, that's when you were in Texas, right? You're from Amarillo, Texas? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was back in Texas. And you, so. you studied design and fine arts, fine arts at uh, Texas tech, right? Yeah. Texas tech and then West Texas and M. So both schools. Um, yeah, I was there and that was my first pack, uh, passion was design and still is, I mean, that's still a big part of my influence and work and what I want to incorporate and things like that. So, um, but yeah, design was first and kind of photography and film just came later. Um, really, I guess the last three years has kind of been it. So, so take me into like the head of a young Garrett King in high school. Like, did you think that the path was design and video and photography just really wasn't, wasn't the thought process yet when you were going into school? Sure, man. So, um, gosh, I mean, my whole life, I, uh, was basically, I mean, I was a straight A student and so I, you know, I was very competitive, whether it was in sports or academically. Uh, parents pushed me a lot to um, stay on top of my grades, study, work hard. And um, damn, man, I mean, it, it paid off really well. But at the time, uh, it was all about uh, just getting high grades and making sure, you know, I was up there as far as uh, academically competitive and things like that. And so uh, for a while, I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be a meteorologist. And then when I got older, um, I realized that it was the storm chasers who were doing all the rad stuff, but the, <laughs> it was the meteorologists who were getting paid. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I still love like weather and being outside and storms. And so that's still very interesting to me, but, um, and then it kind of transitioned to maybe medical school or maybe like veterinarian school or something like that. But when I became, when I was a sophomore in high school, I took my first like graphic design class. It was offered, um, at my high school and, it was very new and it was still on all the older Macs, the ones that were multicolored, like on the back. And oh, it had kind of yeah, like yeah. Frosted <laughs> plastic around it. For but, sure. Um, yeah, that was that was when I was a sophomore. And so that, that was an introduction course, basically the whole year of like Photoshop and Illustrator. Uh-huh. So I think the first um, time I took it, yeah, it was like my second um semester of my sophomore year and then I got into it all my junior year and senior year and so by the time uh, my senior year wrapped up I learned all the basics of like Photoshop and Illustrator and gone through like that painful process of what each tool was and stuff like that and my teacher at the time she's like you know you should really consider doing something like this like this market you know this kind of avenue and market is blowing up 
And um, I didn't really see it as an option until I really got into it. And I loved that I was good at it. And I really, really wanted to learn more. And like I was teaching myself stuff outside of school. And I was just really passionate about it. And so I just thought, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely an option. I think I want to go for it. And I think it was really hard at the time for you know, I was living with my dad, that it was hard for him to understand that that was an option for me just yeah. because it wasn't, it wasn't for him at the time. So he's like, I, you know, I, I could see his point feeling like, Hey, if you decide to go with like this arts degree, like that's just, you're kind of throwing away everything that you worked for. Yeah. The straight and A's in high school. And yeah. All I was that. just like, what are you doing? You know? And, and I, I understood that, but at the same time I was like, man, I'm so tired of studying and so tired of just the nonstop stuff with school. And, it, and I'm not passionate about any of it. I would literally just have to get through all the school and college just to be able to have my job. Well, when I was designing, you know, I, I felt like this was like a certain passion for me and that there was room for growth. And so yeah. when I got into it, um, you know, I think he realized that I was really pumped on it and, um, you know, the type of person I am was sink or swim and I was definitely going to thrive. And like, if there was a way to make it happen, I was going to figure out a way to make it happen. So, um, yeah, right outside of school, um, I was, before I even graduated, I was the only one I knew who had a job in design. And, um, that was with a good buddy of mine who's, who I worked for back, uh, in Amarillo it was called renew media group at uh-huh. the time. And man, it was like just me and him absolutely crushing it, going through branding process and identity work and logo design and, um, photo video to like all making different signs for people. And like, it was just crazy. Um, we were so busy and I mean, by the time I graduated, I just went full force into it for, I guess, three years, in Amarillo and then another three years when I moved to Colorado um I transitioned out of Amarillo and wanted to move somewhere uh bigger and yeah so I guess next step would be when I moved to Colorado yeah what what sparked the uh the bug to go out there that's kind of a big jump sure so things kind of transitioned back home uh, as far as um you know what I wanted to do and I was dating somebody at the time and she was moving as well. And it was going to either be because for grad school, she was either wanting to go to um, Portland or Denver. And yeah, huge, huge jump. Yeah. And I think she landed on Denver. Uh, She got a big scholarship there. So I was like, yeah, I'll just look at, uh, I'll look at, you know, you know, some different agencies there. And then when I did, I landed on one called motive and it was killer. And so I, I took a kind of a visit out there and talked to the agency and really liked where I was at. And so anyway, they ended up hiring me and I worked there for a year. Um, and it was like fast and furious and learned a ton and loved the people I was there with. And then I found a kind of a better job where I was working, um, you know, half the time, but getting paid more and just much more relaxed and enjoyable it was a spot in Boulder. And then at that point, like I had had a few brands reach out to me about doing photography. And at the time I was just shooting all the while of like designing. I was shooting basically just on my iPhone. I didn't have a real camera. Yeah. And when I moved to Colorado, I kind of got in the whole Instagram scene because I realized there was a whole world of like creatives on it. Mm-hmm. And so do you um, remember what year of- this was when you, the move to Colorado? Yeah, so this was when I was 20, I had just turned 23, and so, um, yeah, that was 24, possibly, I can't remember, but I just moved there, and Instagram was still all about, like, community, and it was about, like, meeting new people and things like that, and they had, like, fun hashtag projects, I think they still do stuff like that, but yeah. It, uh, back then, it was like this big community aspect of people who were getting creative. You know, and a lot of people did use their phone. And so um, I met some of my best friends out there through Instagram. Yeah. And um, all the while, we would kind of take just like these weekend warrior trips because all of us had different day jobs. And so when the weekend came in, it was like, all right, where can we go and explore and like adventure or do whatever, like in this amount of time and this distance, like how hard is everyone willing to go? And so, uh, it was, I did that for like six months straight. And so it was like, and before you had a camera, were you still, you had a camera then, right? Or were you still shooting on your iPhone? It was just all iPhone. Oh, that's so badass. Nice. 
Yeah. And so up until like when I moved to Boulder, um, did I get contacted to kind of like, Hey, do you want to do a shoot or this like that? And I was like, man, I don't even have a real camera. Yeah. Unreal. I decided to get one, just a very entry level, like Nikon, it's like a D5100 back then. Yeah, whatever was on sale at Circuit City or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it was a 50 millimeter lens I bought from a buddy. And anyway, I just started getting into it and I just kind of fell in love with like the depth of field um, back then because when I, you know, back when I'm real, when I was helping with like film and photo, Uh I think I took it for granted, like, what I was doing and it was cool and whatnot, but I didn't really have an appreciation for it. Like I did when I had my phone, because when I stepped out of using my phone, there was just such a unique perspective on like starting with the basics and how to use my phone and like how to, you know, you know, how do you compose composition with your phone? Just like, yeah, keep it simple and keep it efficient and keep it creative. And so when I picked up a camera, I was like, man, there's only an opportunity, there's depth of field, there's like all kinds of things I can play with. And so I, I really like was proud of myself for starting with basically nothing yeah. with your camera and learning like the basics on my phone and like really teaching your eyes something with your phone. And so then when it came to having my first camera, I uh, I really fell in love with it and kind of picked up some business here and there. And before I knew it, I'd gotten offered a trip to go to Norway with a couple of buddies and I didn't have the vacation time, and um, I, so I just quit. Yeah, the design firm, you just, you, the agency you took off? Yeah, I just, yeah. Um, and gave them plenty of notice, and I think they were like, well, you know, we want you back when you get back, and I said, I think I'm just going to just <laughs> completely quit and just go for, you know, I think this photography full-time, and just, again, sink or swim, like, you know, when I get back, I'll just figure it out, I'll make it happen. So that trip was the catalyst to to this entire excursion? It was, yeah. That's crazy. I, like, had my camera, got another lens before we left, and uh-huh. I like, just really got after it, man, and it was a huge opening door for me. When I came back, I just came back swinging. Were, were your buddies that, that you went with and the ones that you were, you know, going and, and hiking with and people you were meeting, did you have friends that had already made that jump or was everyone kind of in the same boat at the time? Everyone was in the same boat. All my buddies were designers or they were like some were architects or engineers or like coffee baristas or still in school, stuff like that. Like it, that was another fun thing is people were all over the, the radar as far as age. Uh-huh. Um, didn't matter like what age you were, what walk of life you know, what you look like, anything back then, and it still doesn't, but like, especially back then, like everyone was all over the place, just wanted to meet creatives. Right. So, um, yeah, all my buddies were in different stages of life, different jobs. And so we were all kind of doing it on the side. And the guys I went with, um, with to Norway were Aaron Patterson and Adrian Narvaez. And these guys were, mm-hmm. you know, still doing it for fun too. And like still shooting with their phone. So they had ended up buying a uh, camera too, if we were going to go do this. And so they ended up getting incredible content and so did I. And like, I think it just sparked this massive fire in all of us that this is something that we would, you know, crush if we really got into it. And I think I, I, you know, I was the only one at the time who, yeah, I was like, yeah, I quit my job. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm in this for, for good. Yeah, like I'm all for in. real. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I see so many people dipping their foot in the water, trying to test out the waters before they quit and go full-time photography. And like, there's this transition or how do you do this or how do you do that? Man, I just went all in because that's the only way you're going to find your true self and what you're made of is if you give yourself no other option. And so... Yeah, I just went for it and never looked back. And it's just been thriving ever since. And I learned more and more every single day. Um, and I stayed in Colorado, you know, another year and a half after that. And and I went from Denver to Boulder, Boulder to Fort Collins. When I was in Fort Collins, I moved there to live with some buddies. And it was so cheap. I knew I was going to be traveling most of the time. Uh-huh. So I wanted somewhere cheap as a home base. And um, so anyway, I stayed there. And then I wanted to just completely different scenery. Uh, for me and so I left and moved to Washington uh, up in Seattle um, for a year all last year and loved every bit of it I wanted to live on the west coast and be in the PNW for a while and I fell in love with Oregon and I love Washington as well and um, I ended up just really looking into LA kind of just 
randomly, but also it made sense because there were so many jobs popping up down here that I was either missing because I didn't live down here or there were so many big commercial opportunities I missed because they chose photographers that lived down here. Yeah. Out of just convenience factor, you know, they didn't have yeah, to fly sure. anybody in or out. And so I was like, man, I, you know, I'd like to travel less and be able to work more local uh, on stuff like that or just be more in the scene and being more in the know and have a little bit more of a steady routine and, and route somewhere not necessarily like settle down but also just have like that that home base where yeah. i don't always have to be traveling or doing like whatever work i can right. you know, land big commercial jobs just to being at home so fast forward a year from that and now i've been in um, huntington beach uh the past i guess since july yeah so. so what what brought you to huntington out of all the spots in uh in la sure so when i moved um i started working with kaz um, Sheridan, he was kind of, he is still in school. He goes to LA film school out here. But at the time, um, I met him when I was in Colorado right before I moved to, um, Washington. Yeah. And I was like, Hey man, I'm getting really busy. And he's been in the film and photo as well. And I said, I, you know, I need to hire an assistant for projects and things like that. And he was totally up for it. And I kind of just trusted him immediately. He's like my little brother and he, we have very similar styles and, um, and I, we just got along so well. And I said, you know, how would you like to work on more projects? And he said, and I'm, I'm totally game. And so we worked on a lot of stuff when I was in Seattle. And then when I said, Hey, I'm going to be moving out to LA, if you're serious about partnering up on stuff and, and working more together, um, I have a lot of big plans. And so he ended up transferring from Boulder and got into LA film school. And so he's wrapping up school here nice. and, uh, he, is just crushing it and so we live together and then we have our other roommate alicia family who she is an la native and she's a creative and is getting into photography and so we all just feed off each other's energy um here in huntington but um we originally looked at places kind of all over la it was like silver lake and highland park and the ins and out of the actual city and yeah just just couldn't find anything it's tough that, it's for sure tough yeah yeah like you know we found stuff but it was like i don't know man is it worth it <laughs> some like it six like, by six foot room in, in silver yeah, lake it's yeah, yeah three times the price yeah i'm like i don't know man this is much more of a culture shock than i wanted you know and i was like i don't know if this is worth it at least here. And so we looked around and certain things fell through that we thought were going to happen or certain places that we thought were good to go weren't. And so we started looking more outside and was like, how about the, you know, beach area? Cause a lot of that's expensive and kind of looked around Newport, looked more on Costa Mesa, started looking in Huntington and thank goodness, like Alicia, she, because Cass, she lived, I mean, Cass lived in Colorado all the time, and I was nonstop busy in Seattle. I didn't really have time to look at somewhere in L.A. And locally, she was a native and kind of could drive around when she was off work and things like that and find yeah. places. She was able to find a spot here in Huntington and like that she felt comfortable living at and like really, really wanted to explore. And so um, me and like Kaz and I, we just didn't care at all. It was like, you know, you find a place that you're comfortable to live in that you think is like good enough and we'll be fine. And so we found a spot, man. And it is like a super nice place here in Huntington. Like it's right by Bellaterra and like really close to the beach. And so it is awesome. It's one of my favorite apartments I've ever lived in. It's big and it's super nice and clean around here. And um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it. So we're all blessed that we kind of live in the spot we do now it's kind of lined up so yeah dude that's amazing huntington's a really good spot do you uh do you have any any future plans to have your own studio space or with your type of workflow does that just not really make sense for you man i've i've talked to Kaz so much about that and and just myself going back and forth about having my own agency and things like that and yeah um part of me does um you know, and I think that that's obviously a goal because, you know, I want to have this like short stash co where, um, you know, it's maybe three or four of us, but I want to be hiring out and like outsourcing, you know, big video projects. Maybe I'm just a you know DP on it or I'm just the director as far right. as like what I want to do and hire out the actual big film crews and just delegate more um, because I've taught myself 
you know, so much over the years that, you know, I want to learn and, and know how to do basically every little bit, you know, where it's like the sound design or the motion design or, you know, this or that or this technique. So that way I know like what I'm looking for and what I'm looking at that when I want to hire that stuff out, it's like, go hire the best people who can do that job. Right and let them do their thing and then you do your thing. And so I think that's been a big growing process for me this year has been delegating and like figuring out kind of when to let go. Um, just because it, you can't do it all by yourself. It's so hard. It's so stressful. It's so time consuming. Mm-hmm. And, but everyone um, tries to for so long, you know, it's, yeah. it's a hard bandaid to rip off for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And I've just grown to realize that over time, it's like, man, I'm going to run myself in the ground trying to do every single little thing. Right. And, um, there's a few projects like we just wrapped up this um, project called Mission Taiwan uh, where we went over and filmed a uh, kind of a sights and sounds of Taiwan in the direction of like the culture and the people and religious um, kind of aspects over there uh, for an old youth minister of mine from back in Texas. He nice. hired us to go over there and kind of share that vision and we just kind of wrapped that up and so that'll be launching soon and that's something I'm really, really proud of. And then of course filming and wrapping up this Antarctica film too, um, is going to be really special. So those two for sure are going to be insane. I'm really pumped to share those. Antarctica looked absolutely insane, man. That was, that was, (laughs) that must've been unreal. So what, what was the, uh, what was the trip like and, and, you know, kind of the preparation for, for going somewhere so (laughs) essentially out of this world? Sure. So Cork Expeditions, um, I got an email when we were in Taiwan filming. I got an email from this guy. Uh, it was an agency. He, he was a rep at an agency, I guess, just like kind of like a scouting consultant. And it was like, gave me this really nonchalant email about like, hey, uh, you know, would you ever consider going to Antarctica? Like we offer these trips, this and this and this. I'm like, who would not go to Antarctica? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't tell if this was legit because I get a lot of emails uh-huh. like that and they always end up just being whatever. And I'm like, is this guy serious? And so I emailed him. I said, are you asking me to go on a trip or are you asking me to pay for, like sign up and pay for a trip? Right. He was like, no, we'd offer you to go. And so anyway, uh, lots of emails and calls later, uh, it all lined up and worked out and I got cast to come along to kind of, you know, work as my assistant. And a lot of times like that, you know, when I get hired for projects with myself, I say, you know, I, you know, if it's video stuff, I, I always bring cast because, um, though he's like an assistant, he's more of a partner, uh-huh. um, because he, he's fully capable of everything I'm doing. And so it's more of just like a, a partnership, not so much assisting, but we right. assist each other, I guess. So anyway, I was like, I need him there. Uh, if we're going to do this stuff. And so they were like, yeah. And they invited us to kind of, it's right along the peninsula. So it's in the Antarctica region, but it's South Georgia islands in the Falklands. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, we had no expectations for going out there. We'd done some research on the places and the stuff that we wanted to kind of keep an eye out for. But um, we, yeah, I just was like, I want to keep a really open mind. I'm not going to like, get really pumped about seeing something specific in case we don't because when you sign up for these trips all we'd heard is that it's just a massive gamble the weather could change everything like you might not get to see anything and so did you guys get lucky with with weather or was it pretty crazy behind the lens no we did like we as soon as we took off like the first day we set sail um there was a massive storm approaching but coming in from behind us but we were going a different route so we completely avoided it so we started out day one with like a massive luck uh, streak. And yeah. from there, it just carried on for the next 17 days. Like we we saw like gorgeous sun. We got some mood and fog. Like it rained every now and then. And then we uh, were able to actually land every like – they, they're called landings where you actually – they kind of anchor the boat and you get on these Zodiac rafts. And that's how you get to your departure and like get to shore. So – when we were able to get there, like we, we had a successful landing every single time, like any place they wanted to get into that they've tried for years. Um, and due to weather couldn't get into, we got into, Yeah. so we got to literally get to every single place that they wanted to. And it was incredible. So it looked like a piece of cake to us because they made it look so effortless. And the expedition team was just unreal. Yeah. So, how many people were on that, on that team? Sure. So I think there's like a total of 10 or 12 people okay. on the expedition team. 
and then there's like on the ship um it's so weird because like ship sounds like such a massive word like it just encompasses like oh this massive cruise ship but there was like a total of i think a hundred and oh 20 of us on board something like that which isn't a lot in retrospect knowing that like there's the hotel staff that like does like all the you know their thing and then there's like the restaurant staff where they're always cooking all the food and the servers and things like that and then there's the expedition team and then there's the guests so it was a really relatively small boat to me yeah. um, as far as you know being out on the open seas like that we you could feel every wave and so even though it was like much bigger than a sailboat it's is you know a quarter of the size of an actual like cruise ship and so out of those guests how many how many guests were there to shoot and and get video Sure. So, um, well, we stuck out like a sore thumb because when we got on there, we were by far the youngest. There was a couple other couples there who yeah. were like closer to the age, but Kaz and I were there and you know, he's, he's 22, I'm 29. And most people on that cruise ship were like, I mean, like on the boat were like fifties and up. Yeah. You know, there was some 30s. It takes 40s, a long time mainly, to get to Antarctica, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, it was mainly like 50 and 60-year-olds who had done it several times, who had gone on all these expeditions. And a lot of them were actually really passionate about photography. And so they all had their gear. And like throughout the trip, we were able to share photos um, through this drive on the boat. And dude, it was crazy seeing how inspired you could be because a lot of these older people – you would think like, you know, just being so judgmental, you're like, I wonder what, like, whatever photos these guys are getting and they would show them. And most of them all had like a really good eye and were just like yeah. sniping really good photos. And I was like, man, this is nuts. So it was really, it was really fun. Um, it was very inspiring just kind of for everyone. So that was a blast. And yeah, I mean, we were, we were the only ones there who were actually filming. I don't think they knew what we were doing the whole time. Like they saw us always out at sunset or sunrise or doing something. But, yeah. um, you know, once we release this film, um, we're going to email it and it has to get approved by Quark and things like that before it gets released. But once it does, I think they'll know exactly what we were doing <laughs> and um, kind of more of a story aspect. We're not just doing like this goofy travel video of like hey we're in antarctica we're put together a story and a timeline and right um we kind of kaz and i laid out a script and things like that we want to you know encompass in this whole journey of you know south georgia so it's gonna be really special do you find that when with work now and with brand work nowadays especially you get a lot more free reign to kind of just do your own thing like do they hand you the keys more or is it more controlled than than we think um it's a little bit of both sometimes it's good to be controlled because it helps you confine to something but also pushes you to be really creative yeah and so um that's good but then also it's fun some you know at times to be like hey like here's our constraints like we just it has to be in this but also do your thing and so that's really fun to be able to just come up with these ideas and just go for it and um yeah i think it allows you to there's so much freedom can be dangerous because you get lost in which direction you're supposed to go. But if you can sit down and take the time to narrow down what you want that to look like, how you want it to look, where, when, why, um, you can really crush it because then the sky is the limit. Yeah, but it sounds like a lot of preparation goes in behind the scenes and it's not just show up with some cameras and, and let's see what we get. I feel like you you kind of schedule things out more than that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely used to be the other way. It's like, let's just do what we get. And after several experiences like that, you're like, man, we shoot way too much. Or it's like, we shot double of everything. And that was a waste of time. It's like, you know, we need to start delegating who's shooting what. Like, Kaz, you go shoot some of this. I'll shoot more macro and lifestyle of this if you're getting that. Right. So that way we can double up and like actually, you know, make use of our time and not have to go through all this wasted or like, you know, not wasted, but like extra footage. And it's like, yo, yeah. I already got that. You got a shot like that. This one kills. Like I just wasted 30 minutes going through all these shots that are really similar when this one was the best. Yeah. And in the beginning, I feel like people, I mean, I do this still sometimes too, but you'll just blast away all day and you'll go back and you'll have just a tiny section that you'll end up working with. And all those other shots just, they take up so much time while you're there. And then they take up way more time. I feel like editing because you're going through all them anyways, you know, it's impossible to skip through all those. You have to go through them. 
Yeah, it just it yeah exactly, and you're like, dude, it you know, and Kaz has been really pumping away at the Antarctica footage and like combing through because then I'll start putting the story together and doing the motion graphics and um you can just tell with the certain the latest projects that we've worked on it's like there was so much more intent and scheduling beforehand that it makes the post-processing so much easier because it's like that's why we did that that's why we did that we can yeah. characterize which shots were these there's the shots of the people here's the shots of the expedition team here's the shots of so-and-so these are intimate moments these are macro moments so stuff like that man it's just huge yeah well, in, to, in today's short stash world, so, I mean, you've been working with brands like Bud Light, um, the normal brand, like I'm just going off the top of my head right now, but then Florida Cana sure. as well uh, in yeah, Nicaragua, yeah. which is so cool to me because I actually, I think it was two and a half years ago on Instagram, I saw a picture of this treehouse, and I didn't know where it was. And I looked at, into it and it was in Nicaragua and I go into it and I look at more pictures and I hit up my buddies and I say, Hey, we got to go there. So for one, it's just awesome that we live in this world where you can see a picture on Instagram, you can see where it's tagged and you can end up there in a month. And for two, we drank a lot of Florida Cana out there. So when I saw that you, you teamed up with them and, and went out there to Nicaragua, I was, I was really, uh, really excited to see that work. What was that uh, trip like and in, in traveling to a place in, in Central America like that? Um, well, that one <laughs> and like specifically is it was funny because that that trip brought a really fun group. Uh, there was like, um, yeah, I mean, it was there were so many of us friends that went from like. You know, there's a group of like Zach and Tiffany and Christina and like my buddy, you know, Brian and his wife, Allie. And we all just had like this blast. And when we got there, like the goal was to get familiar with the brand. Uh-huh. And that was to drink <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So it was like you were constantly had a, you know, had that uh, drink with you. And it was just like, you know, how many different styles of Florida Cana and like this aged and this is newer, this is older, this is a coffee blend, you know, hey, it's 6am, here's a drink. And it was just like, yeah, what? so um, that was, it was fun, but also like exhausting at the same time. I'm not really like a big drinker. Right. So I drink for like social purposes and, and like, you know, and anything in moderation for me and so anyway so that was a really fun trip because everybody was just goofy and loose just the whole time you know we're trying to actually get shots done and try to go hiking things and it's not really easy if you feel hung over yeah. like exhausted so it's yeah. just, it's just like a huge catch-22 which is funny but it was it was an awesome trip and it was fun because they showed us a lot of the culture and like um where they brew how they you know kind of their distillery and things like that and um you know how they're aged and all the barrels and things like that and that's really really fun and then they showed us the culture aspect and the kids and the schools and things like that where they're trying to improve and then uh we got to do you know like kind of the, the wildlife side of things not i guess not so much wildlife but like nature life for the volcanoes and the outdoors and then saw more of the cities and little towns and then got to experience more of like the the island-esque spots um which is really fun but all in all it was a it was a really good trip and they took care of us yeah so it was it was a lot of fun yeah nicaragua is beautiful especially when you have a camera out there like you know nothing beats it the culture is just amazing and the street sure. view is beautiful the mountains and the volcanoes and just all that is great uh so th- these big brands they reach out to you all the time now, I'm sure. But before that was happening, what did that look like? Was it you reaching out to, to companies and brands? Was that ever even a thing you were doing or were they were they always reaching out to you? Like what was the beginning stages of getting brand work and how did you go about it? Um, it was a little bit of both. Uh, I had kind of built up a name for myself, so I had my own aesthetic and things like that. So there were people that were reaching out that were really interested in my work. And so I had that, but at the same time, I knew that wasn't going to cut it. And having the design background and experience in mind, I know how to build out what my ideas look like, build a pitch deck. How does that look? You know, like how does it design out? Where's, you know, is a biography about me, different things, is past work? Uh, is it a two sheeter, a three sheeter? How do you explain your ideas for something that you want to do? Yeah. You know, how do you make this look visually appealing? And you're basically cutting out 
the middleman, which is a di- which is a design agency, to do that for you to then pitch to the client. So if I can do that directly and pitch to the client, they're like, "Yo, who is this dude?" Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "I just got a pitch deck from this from the creative." <laughs> um, like, what is it? That, that like it's like that's our job. Like, who who is this dude? So you could actually you know stand out amongst yourselves. And I've I still do it. I still pitch to a lot of companies and brands, and some of them are a big long shot, but you never know. Um, and I try to. Like, and I've taught Cass this and, um, cause he's wanting to learn more about design. And so I try to teach him something daily cause he teaches me a lot of stuff in, in video and things like that, or certain things he learns and, you know, the, the, the possibilities are endless, you know, with learning. And so, um, but it's, it's so interesting, um, you know, being able to design on your own and things like that and connect the dots with a lot of these companies, but, my biggest deal is I've tried to learn uh, over the past couple of years is like, how can I do it differently? And if you're reaching out to these companies, it's like, you got to have an intent and you have to know that for myself, I'm about telling stories and figuring out a way to storytell. It's like, how do I come about it differently or in a different roundabout way that makes me worthy of their time? It's like, I know I can deliver the work, but how can I do it differently? Right. It's right. like, everyone goes to the same places and does the same stuff. And yeah, my colors might look different and my style is different, but it's all the same. Right. Like, and so how do you go somewhere that's popular or, you know, well-known or maybe it's not, but how do you tell a story that you went where people remember that way over your images and videos, you know, it's like, yo, they, and when they went there, they really told a story. It's like, I remember it because of this or because of this shot or because of this series or things that they did. And it's a lot more impactful going somewhere with an actual intention to show more in depth of like the culture and the experience and the people that you're with. Um, because when you take away like the outdoors and like, you know, the, the glam and the glamping or whatever it is, like, Hey, I'm staying here or whatever, you know, all these people want to live like these, these glamorous, like very dense lives where that's what you think it's all about. But when you take all that stuff away, man, it's all about the relationships with people and the experiences that you have. And if there's a way that you can convey that through images and video, that's timeless to me. And people see that and they're like, man, that was a hell of a story. Like I feel inspired or I feel like connected in that moment that they kind of like took me there. And so that to me is, is bigger and more powerful than anything. Um, than whatever Instagram has to hold, whatever creative platform has to hold anything, you know, you do it because you love it and you do it because you're passionate and it's like, how can you stand out among the rest? Yeah. And that also, I feel like can stand the test of time when it comes to, you know, if there's a time when Instagram is not around. Right. Exactly. All these photographers that are going somewhere for just that one shot that we've seen a lot and it might still be a beautiful shot, but it lacks story and feeling like, I mean, that's why I gravitate towards your work so much as well as, you know, everyone else listening and and all the people that follow you is because you do tell a story and you do capture all these elements that are always there, but they're missing in a lot of narratives. Sure. I appreciate that, man. That's something that since I've, try to inspire myself to just like, you know, I'd started illustrating more of my photos and have like sketches and drawings on them to try to tell a story. And just for my own things, like I kind of want to journal a little bit on these photos. Like, why not? Like, I don't care what people think. Like I like it. And I think it adds flavor to my aesthetic. And if people like it, that's great. And if they don't, that's fine too. Like I, I don't, I don't do it for other people. I do it for myself and I do it to experiment. I do it to release a certain creativity in myself or an avenue and explore something different than this that's just me right and as soon as something takes off man people want to know like what are you doing how are you drawing this what are you doing with your type what font is this and stuff like that man it's like dude people are missing the point like it doesn't matter what anything is it's the concept of it and it's Mm -hmm. about getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things and people just want to know if something works how to make it work how does it work for them you know, and it's like, dude, that that's not even why I create. I create because I love to, and I create because I have a passion for it, and it gives me like a deeper satisfaction. And so, like, it's all about experimenting for me, man. And, um, yeah, 
It's nice, what I do day to day. So yeah, yeah. No, it's nicely said. It's important to to love what you shoot and just put out what you love and not you know do anything for any other reason. But yeah, full for, like creative freedom and and just being able to to create daily or however you want to do it and just package it how you want to. Like that's that's everything. So uh, going back a little bit because I have to ask: um, sure. is there is there a timeline to your aesthetic? Or is that one slow, gradual, you know, change to what it's become now? I mean, was it like that ever since you started shooting? What, what's sure. that look nice. like? Yeah, I like that question. Um, no, I think it, one, like your style, if you want, like if you're trying to, like my style has evolved slowly into what it is now mm-hmm. um, over the past three years since I started. Like I think I used to be like – I've always kind of had like moodier tones, but some of them were kind of HDR-ish where everything was kind of brought to the same level. Then it was about like, you know, I, I am really into color theory and color science and I learn more and more about that every day just because when I was a designer, I was like color schemes and schematics about like which colors work well together and things like that. And yeah. So that plays into factor for me when I'm thinking about like my color grading and stylistically what that looks like per the scene. And that's how I, you know, I, I, I custom calibrate separate colors in my camera, depending on the scene at times and the white balance and stuff like that, because I know which colors I'm going to use when it's in post. And so there's a lot of different techniques I use uh, because color is huge to me. And so people, all my buddies joke with me about, tones and tone master or whatever like all of this goofy stuff and and i'm flattered man because i, I do take a lot of pride in in knowing color theory and 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 also like learning more about it because i'll think i'll know a lot and then i'll just watch like i watched something yesterday about this dude in san francisco who's just absolutely crushing he's explaining yeah. his color theory and more of like a science approach to it yeah and i'm just like what in the world i'm like that is insane and i love it because i'm like i've never even seen that or that <laughs> it's like a tone like, scientist yeah i'm like what and so i'm like all right that just pushes me so much more to learn more on that avenue so I don't know. I just, um, my style has evolved over time and it's fun to like go back and look at it and, and see how it's changed or adapted or my colors have, you know, shifted a bit or stuff like that. And it's all just kind of like relative or how I want to treat the mood or treat the scene and, you know, what is this or what is that or how it should look. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just evolved over time, but it's something that I've pushed and something that I've like, enjoyed so say i mean my i guess my website's more god yeah I, I have to update my website i have like a year's worth of work i'm gonna get done so that's gonna be i'm actually redesigning my website right now and rebranding short stash so soon um short stash both my website and brand is gonna just like come in hot with new aesthetic yeah and i love so, it but right now like uh if you were just, I would, let's just say Instagram. If you scroll through my Instagram, um, you can see slowly and gradually how my style has slightly shifted over the years, which is kind of cool because it wasn't just like, oh, this dude was trying to be like this person here. And then all of a sudden wanted to be this person here or all of a sudden hung out with this person and now his work looks like this. Right. You totally. Know? Yeah. Mine never was like that. It was just continually growing in a way that I wanted things to look and just shift and shift and shift. And, um, so that's cool to look back on, you know, and, um, you know, Kaz is really similar too. like, he has grown into his style and it's so funny cause it's so similar to mine. And if you look at like how we edit, we edit so differently and we go about ways so differently Yeah. and, but we have a similar result and so funny. Um, cause that, that poor kid doesn't get recognition like he should. Cause everybody thinks that because he works with me or is like in my shadow that he, Oh, he must use Garrett's presets or something like that. It's insane. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah, no way. That guy has done his stuff on his own before I met him, and he does his stuff now that I have met him. It's like, yeah, we just have very similar outlooks on color and the way they should look and the way they are, and that's part of the reason we click so easily is because he understands it and he's willing to learn every day more about it and we just have that similarity, you know, we love the same colors and the way, you know, we joke all the time when we see stuff out and about like a jacket or 
a thermos, you're like, man, this has tones. Yeah, right here. I love you know, it. It's like whoever the, whoever this dude is, man. Um, this guy gets it. Yeah, so it's dude, funny. Cass, if, if Cass is listening, I'm a massive fan. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think that you copy anything that, that Garrett does. And I think you're incredible. So <laughs> there you go, Cass. Yeah, man. It's, it's, yeah, I can't, I can't, you know, emphasize that enough, dude. It's like, I, I've never, yeah, I've never given anything to anyone as far as like my stylistic things because i want people to have their own and he's developed his own and that just happens to look like mine and i just you know it is the way it is yeah do, do you uh do you find that you're starting to get this knack for for teaching and and almost being a mentor to uh to younger creatives yeah i mean it's flattering too um just because my mom is a teacher and my sister's a teacher and i think i just kind of have that in my my blood but um workshops are definitely something i'm getting into and i would love to just like travel and speak with people about going through creative ruts or challenges or things like that just from mistakes i've made or challenges i've faced and things like that i just want to help people help themselves i'm not some like guru or some like know-it-all it's like dude i can just tell you everything not to do yeah <laughs> you know which just is the best the, best advice yeah let me just get you in the in a different direction, right? And so right now, Kaz and I are filming my workshop. Uh, I'm doing an online workshop. Nice. And so it's something that's been in my mind for the past year or two and something I've wanted to do. And um, we've kind of been so busy, but now I wanted to set aside a time. And it's like, yo, we got all the gear that we need. I want it to look very professional and top-notch where when people – buy it they're like yo yeah this, this is good. like yeah this is good this dude took it serious this guy is very passionate this guy um is yeah this was done really well and kaz will have um a big element in it too because um you know he has a lot to offer as well and if i can launch something through my name and it reach more people and he has knowledge that people need to hear um, or want to know he has that ability too. And so he's going to have a few parts in the workshop as well of stuff that he's going to be teaching on video or photo or whatever he wants to do. So it's really fun. Um, cause it's more of a collaborative project and, uh, stuff like that. So it's, uh, it'll be done soonish and soonish is like, who knows what that means for me, but, um, when it's released, it's going to be because it's top notch and we feel really comfortable and feel stoked on it. And I'm not going to rush anything. Cause I want, you know, people to know I put a ton of time and effort into it and try to have different elements in the workshop, like photo video basics. And I want to have design in it. I want to have different creative nice. elements in it. I want to have techniques in it. I want to have, um, branding stuff in it. Something that's different that people are just like, man, this is okay this is really rad i i kind of wanted to learn something like this but um yeah i don't know again how do i approach something that everyone else is doing right yeah that's you a know? good that's a good question to always have in the back of your head for sure yeah so when when you're doing these these personal projects how do you balance like i mean really like how the hell do you balance all this time but like how do you balance that around these paid projects with brands do you do the brand scheduling first and then you kind of fill in the the holes in the schedule with all of the the personal projects trying to man yeah that's something i struggle with all the time it's yeah. like we're really trying to lay low in february but there's a lot of stuff popping up because it's like i gotta get through filming this workshop we yeah gotta totally keep our heads down gotta keep our heads down gotta keep grinding gotta keep focused because you can get distracted so many times with so many projects and it's like dude this is massive i need to focus we have to get this done but i don't want to feel rushed i don't want to feel pressured we want to do it in such a way that's like yeah. fluid so like just take it a day at a time and yeah, just be smart about it. But yeah, man, delegating and like trying to find the right time for right things um, is huge. But, you know, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's just this give and take, this push and pull. Yeah. Where, <laughs> so, uh, these days, where do you, like, where do your avenues of inspiration come from? Is it all other photographers and creatives and videographers that you look up to? Is it design work? Is it, you know, is it kind of everything and anything? 
Yeah, it's a little bit all over the place. I still read a lot of design blogs um, where it's like graphic design, web design, um, sound design, like video. I like I'm constantly watching movies and films and we'll get inspiration from like certain shots or certain transitions or just like, whoa, that was absolutely killer. Just little things that you see um subtlety is best but yeah i'll find a lot of inspiration just in anything but um i wouldn't say i get a lot of inspiration from instagram um sadly but i i mean all my friends are inspiring of course and i think there's just always this like subconscious level of like professionalism or it's like oh yeah that's just top-notch work wherever they are so i guess that that's inspiring but i get a lot just from you know, Vimeo and different parts of YouTube of showing uh, certain short films or what people are doing or reading about it or certain photojournalistic journeys they've taken or things like that or um, just combining like the creative elements of animation with photo, with video, with movement, with anything. And I think it's just all relative to like what your mind is open to and what you're capable of you know, retaining and what you think is inspiring to you as a creative. And so it's all just, I think it's just everywhere. You just don't see it. And it's a subconscious absorption from different places that you're like, man, I really want to do a shot like this, or I'm inspired to do something like this. And you can't really think of why or where you got it from. But then after a while, like you kind of clicks or you're like, ah, I think that's why. Yeah. So it's just really funny, but yeah, I just try to keep an open mind because, man, you can be inspired from literally anything, everything. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, you know, sitting at a diner eating breakfast. It's like, yo, this, <laughs> this is menu cinematic. is beautiful. Yeah. The color exactly. tones on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found in the last, um, you know, little while on Instagram, I know you haven't been on Instagram for a long, long time since the beginning, but have you seen kind of the value of creators like go in either an upward or downward direction just with so much going on on the platform? I have, man. I've seen a lot of like day one legendary people just absolutely fall off both with their level of work and their, um, identity i don't know you never know you you know no one knows what's going on in each other's lives really on a personal level unless you're friends with them but i've seen a lot of big big names drop um or people that haven't dropped but their work has it's like dude they've just gotten so lazy all they do is shoot for instagram it's the same thing over and over and over it's like dude we get it people love big landscapes small people but that's Mm -hmm. literally all anyone shoots or they only shoot because they live in a specific area and it's like, dude, Canada is known for Instagram. It's insane. And it's like, it's not a hard, it's not a hard place to get photos, you know? And yeah. it's like, or the PNW or whatever it is. Um, but it's like select buddies of mine who live in those areas who are really doing creative stuff is inspiring to me because it's just too easy to do stuff. And people are just baiting each other in with like clickbait of, oh, this photo is so cliche or just so Instagram. It just makes me vomit, man. When I see stuff, I'm like, dude, where is the creativity or drive in in people anymore? Like everybody just does something because they know people are going to like it. And it's like, dude, that's just sad to me because you've lost your true way of knowing, like, why do you even create? Do you create for other people or do you create for yourself? Because you definitely don't need validation from other people. You don't. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to get validation from other people, man, you're going to be super depressed and very very lost in your life in general, let alone in the creative world. It's like, dude, you got to create for yourself. And I just see so much of that on Instagram and I spend way too much time on Instagram finding you know myself lost and seeing like I'll get uninspired because I'm just like, dude, what what like and and how, like people think it's awesome. It's just because people like it. People think then it's good. Yeah. Well, I feel like looking at it like that is is what helps your work, though. I feel like the way yeah. that you can look at it and 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 see what's going on is like the best self awareness that you could do because you you see what that road could look like and what that road could be and like getting that one shot and you want to revert back to no like I'm gonna shoot what I want and like if you don't like it I don't care at all the ones that, that really care will come to me for my style of work and I think that that theme is just so important 
Exactly. Man, I was just talking to my buddy Rob um, Stroke, and he texted me the other day and was like, hey, dude, like, I, you know, I love that you post what you love and you don't care. Yeah. If it's going to get likes, you don't care if it's going to get, like, go big. And, um, you know, he, he's an incredible creative, and I've had fun with him when I was hanging in Washington. It's trips that we've taken. And, um, you know, at a young age, this guy is crushing it. Rob is, is killer at what he does. And it's just so fun to hear back from creatives. And he's like, you know what, dude? Like, I love the fact that you just do what you do. And, you, you know, I mess with that because I don't care what people think or – if it's going to like go buck on Instagram, like yeah. what is that, man? Like, what is that? Because yeah. before this social media was even around, why are you even creating? People would create. So that way when they hung it up in a gallery, they wanted people to be like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Totally. You know? And it's not, they don't double tap to like it. They just see it. And they're like, man, I am consumed by this piece of work. Right. And, and then people, other people might not even get it and, or care. And so, and neither did that artist. People either like it or they didn't. They don't care. And so it's all subjective. And man, I just, I think that's what's wrong with social media is everybody is just so, they need such validation that, oh, my engagement's down or this or that. And it's like, dude, none of that mattered a few years ago. Why all of a sudden is that a thing? Or why does that even matter now it's like dude it's it's literally mathematics taking place and right place right time this that so many factors that you can't even control and it's like you're putting all your faith or all your eggs in one basket to rely on one thing that's like dude that's so sad and such a risky way to live you got to get out of that yeah totally yeah i would encourage you know people to spend more time on their website and networking oh, yeah. and, and creating a style that doesn't have to do with, like you said, the tiny, tiny person, big mountain, which is so true. Like, you know, turn off Instagram for a week and go out and shoot and don't look at what anyone's doing and, and see what sure. comes out of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I see stuff like that. I'm like, yo, I get it. A tiny person there is it. And I think it's relevant and necessary in so many scenes to give scale you know what else is also necessary is okay if you guys all went on a hike that morning where what else from that hike yeah did you guys like make coffee like is anybody laughing do you have any portraits of people like doing their thing yeah like, behind the scenes stuff people like what you guys went through people sweating out there like you run into any crazy story like you know yeah, what else for because sure. this gives me nothing all i see is like i've seen this photo from the same place over and over and over you just happen to get really lucky with insane light and weather it just that's the only thing that saved your photo. Yeah. <laughs> what if you didn't have that? What if you didn't have that light and weather? Yeah. Like, do you, did you just because you couldn't shoot that one shot? Did you not have a story and an experience from it? Yeah. Or you, you know, or if you didn't, then you're truly just shooting for Instagram. And you're missing all of life's experiences. It's crazy. Yeah, man. And if you're in the Pacific Northwest, you just have to go outside and you have the best light you could ever have in your life or any shot. Just go sit on your porch. Yeah, Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, we're down here in California. We're in Los Angeles huffing it with blue skies, right? Like we got to travel for our shots. (laughs) Yeah, you know, or learn how to edit blues, right? It's like, get out of your comfort zone, man. I love blue. Yeah. So it's just... I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. It's just, it's all a thought process. Yeah. And it's just, it's just relative to what people think. So, so what is, uh, what, I mean, it's January. What does this year look like? Are you going to try to travel more, travel the same amount, travel less? Are you, you know, you have the workshop coming out, anything else that's kind of yeah. a big milestone for you? Sheesh. I, man, I always act like I know Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do and it all, man, it's in God's hands for sure. I don't know what he has in store, but it's like, um, I do want to travel less because, uh, or if I do travel, I want it to be with way more intent and way more of a purpose than just like, Hey, we're hiring influencers to go take photos and then come back. And it's like, man, I, one, there's not a lot of money in that unless, you know, depending on the job, but two, it's like, dude, I want to do something more fulfilling. Like you guys have a story you guys want to capture out there. Or yeah. is there like some avenue we could do differently because this whole like influencer gig is has a shelf life and I just don't it's exhausting. It's really not the life for me. Uh it's it's created so many opportunities and blessings for me in relationships. So I'm very thankful for that. But it's like 
man, if I'm going to travel, it's, you know, Antarctica, for instance, it's like that was a very experience, you know, very, very, very true and massive you know, fulfillment in traveling for me. Right. So was Taiwan and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, if you can create really powerful work and, and some trips are going to be, you know, more impactful than others, but I just want to slow down and make sure that if I'm traveling is for a good big purpose. And that's, it's a, an intent for me, not just travel to travel because I'm going to run myself into the ground. Yeah. And, yeah. You um, have to pick and choose and, and do things that you really care about. Yeah. So I think that's the goal for me is, you know, whether that, you know, I'm slowing down or not, I, I do want to work more locally in California on bigger commercial jobs and stuff like that. And also, you know, to, that way you can actually have a relationship and build a group of friends and things like that. If you're around more and stuff like that is the goal. Uh, and basically just work smarter, not harder right. is the goal this year, man. So dude, I dig it. And, uh, speaking of, of travel for you this year, so you're going to Guatemala in May, right? What, what's that trip yep. about? So that is with vivid roots and, um, it's actually really, really cool. Um, I got approached about getting out there and I've always wanted to, um, travel in a way like again this is a trip that a trip of fulfillment this is different right you're not going out somewhere and exposing a third world country just for likes you know this is about <laughs> you know that, that's such a real statement because that's what so many people do yeah you know, like oh go to this place and like take photos like there's a lot of stuff going on there that needs to be documented and and shared that no one else is sharing but uh, that's beside the point but like uh, in guatemala i've never been in um I know I'm excited to one, there's like adventure in it, which is a given Two, it's the culture, which I love. And then three, it's the service and giving back and like providing clean water, a source of water for these people out there. Yeah. And to me, you know, if you're going to help someone out and better their life, um, that to me is worth traveling and doing fulfillment and things like that. And, um, and it's not about the recognition of like, Oh, Hey, look at me. I'm going to help someone. I'd rather no one know I'm out there and just, do my thing and, and help as much as possible. And then just, you know, document it on my own. But, um, yeah, I think it's a really cool opportunity and I hope, uh, you know, I hope a lot of people sign up and, uh, cause they've had people sign up already and our the spots are getting filled and it's, it's people who have applied and it's, it's a bit of a cool application process cause they don't want just anybody to go. They want to know why you want to go. Yeah. Like, have you ever been to Guatemala? Do you speak Spanish? Like what's in it for you? Like when, you know, how are you fulfilled in life? Is this something that you always wanted to do? And, I just want to choose a powerful team to get out there and just do it. So I really respect that. Um, and so hopefully it comes together well and it, you know, it will be, you know, whatever the way it's supposed to be, it will be. And, um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, man, dude, that's going to be a, a powerful trip. I'm, uh, I'm stoked for you, dude. How do you, uh, how do people apply for that still? Cause there's still spots open. Sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll definitely, I'm going to be posting a video actually on my, Instagram, I put it in my stories, but I'm going to do a post about it. Um, kind of try to spread the word a little bit more because, oh, again, this is social media, man. It's not a lot of everybody's going to see it at yeah. once. No one's going to see it. Maybe some people might not see it at all. And so trying to do as much as exposure as possible. But um, yeah, I'm going to put a link in my bio um, about signing up for the trip. And then also it's in my highlight stories in Guatemala. Then I'll actually have a post about it too. So it'll be very evident as far as, you know, if you follow me or if people are listening to this podcast, where to go and things like that. And you can of course also go to vivid roots. If you don't remember short stash and go there and they'll have it, um, signed up in their bio and things like that. Nice dude. Amazing. Garrett King. Thank you so much, man. It's been, uh, it's been an honor, dude. I, can't tell you how big of a fan I am and, uh, being able to chat with you and, and pick your brain is, it's been a good time. I appreciate it, man. Humbled for the opportunity. And, um, it's always fun to talk shop about really anything. So I'm all, I'm always game, but I appreciate it, man. It's been, it's been fun. Yeah, man. And so, okay. Website, uh, shortstash.com. <laughs> yep. You can see a lot of work. You're going to update the site though. Cause you have like a year of content yeah. that you need to put on there. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, Instagram short stash, uh, and then you can, you can get prints right through, uh, through dark room. Yeah, exactly. And I'll be updating that as well. Cause I have so many, I have that kind of set aside right now to update the whole print shop um, in dark room. So that'll be coming. And, um, then if you're interested in like kind of my behind the scenes, 
um, from here and there of traveling and certain elements. Uh, I have long stash on Instagram. Oh too. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with that, but I want to have some type of either, um, you know, maybe it's like tutorial type style on that account or yeah. tips or I don't, some way to, again, how do I do it differently than just like a normal personal account? Mm-hmm. Because I can put side work on there, but like, how is that any different than, you know, short stash? So I just, I got to figure out what I want to do with that, but I want it to be beneficial for people to follow that account and be like, Hey, this guy like puts different tips and notes in there yeah, that definitely. I find valuable and short stash. He doesn't really do that. And so it's like, okay, this is why I follow his personal account. Cause it's a bit more personal right? So, stuff like that. But yeah, man. So a lot of stuff in the works workshop so coming out always going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Cool, man. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. We'll look out for that workshop coming maybe this year, right? Probably this year. Oh yeah. 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 It'll be in the next couple months. Sweet. So. Cool, dude. Well, yeah. Garrett, I appreciate you, man. Awesome. Thanks a ton, man. I'll talk to you soon. That'll do it, guys. Really hope you enjoyed it. Um, I had a blast talking to Garrett. Dude is full of, uh, you know, just, damn, he's just so smart, right? I mean, I know he started out getting straight A's in high school, so it makes sense, but but he's also very, uh, very self-aware, right? I think that's the good word. Like he just knows his style and he knows what he's about and he knows what he shoots and what he loves and, and what he can offer to a brand and a concept. And yeah, that was great. Um, awesome. Well, I hope you guys dig it. I hope you guys dig the podcast too. Uh, head over to iTunes and, and let us know and give us some stars if you're at it and all that jazz. Um, other than that, say hey to us at Darkroom. You can say hey to me at Dane Diener. And, uh, and yeah, you guys, I appreciate you all and we appreciate you and I hope that you appreciate us. It's a whole appreciation fest and we will see you guys next week.